How's it, Internet? And welcome to Two Guys in SharePoint, the Hitchhiker's Guide to SharePoint, Microsoft, and everything. Oh, that's new. It's episode 42. <laughs> the only SharePoint show in the galaxy where everything is not 42 and there are no guides. Nice. Yes, I saw that, yeah. So, Mr. Modlin, um, we are back on schedule. Yes, we're going to have this up on Friday, I hope. We have a guest this week. Yeah, who do we have on, El? Uh, the heckler. Um, we know, we remember in the beginning we were supposed to have the real Francois Pinar and our heckler, Warren Marks, on the show uh, monthly. But due to scheduling conflicts, um, we couldn't have that. So I thought I'd get hold of Warren and get him on the show. He hasn't been on since about Feb, I think. Yeah, it's been a long time. Turns out there's been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of stuff happening, so those sort of segments fall by the wayside. I wanted to get I wanted to pick his brain on on where he sees uh, sort of get the state of the nation from him. We had Inspire in July. We've got Ignite. I think it's seventeen days away to go to Ignite, and I thought I'd get him on the show to just get a feel for where he's at and I mean he's been he's been a, a close friend of the show and his opinions on where the industry is going in South Africa and what's happening with that so let's cross over to that on this week's show we have what was supposed to be our, our resident monthly guest uh, the official heckler of and I, I dare say SharePoint because SharePoint's not a term anymore. Uh, Mr. Warren Marks. In some countries, they spell his surname with a capital K, and in other countries, it's with a lowercase <laughs> c. But we're not sure how to um, identify the correct uh, enunciation. Uh, welcome to the show once again. Thank you, man. Happy to be here. Good to be back. It feels I see my same chair has been sitting here gathering a little bit of dust, so I'm glad I'm back in it. Yes, we we did for the for our listeners. Uh, we did try Zencaster, and it was an abomination of a failure. So uh, <laughs> we will continue to search for uh, products to up the produ production value. Because Warren sounds completely different in real life. Um, he's got a got a much higher pitched uh, voice um, compared to the compression that we get on Skype recordings. Anyhow, jumping straight into the show, the reason why Warren is on the show mainly because we missed him and we wanted to get him back. But the reason why he's on this week's show is we're doing a lead-up to Ignite, Microsoft's largest technology conference, 20,000 people, and we want a state-of-the-nation address from no other than Warren, because Warren's the only person that can talk to us about the state of the nation, not only in South Africa, but also in Africa, because that is region. And then thirdly, we want to talk to him about the third eye when it comes to where you actually go from working for a consulting services business. So first question, Warren, you've moved into the product vendor space. Now, most yes. of the time, consultants would move to the company that they're consulting to. So I would go to a financial services business or a, a pick an industry vertical that's looking for uh, services that we normally deliver. And that that's always the the natural progression we see when people get tired of being consultants, they go and work on the other side of the fence. You on the third side. I didn't even know there was a third side of the fence. <laughs> you know, you moved into a product space. And how, how's that been going? It's been about nine months now, eh? 
not even that long, eh? I think going on seven months, eh? but uh, really enjoying it, man. Uh, very different. I mean, I've sold these products uh, in the partner space for, for many years, but it's the first time I've actually worked for a, a software vendor themselves. Um, and it's very interesting to, to see how it works uh, in an established software company and the, you know, how things are getting developed and, and go to market strategies, but really enjoying it. Uh, different pace, um, make no doubt. It's, it's less in the operations um, space, but getting to work with all the partners, and, and that's something that I've I've just never experienced before working cross partners um, and seeing other different organizations work across their customer bases. So it's it's been fantastic. Really, really enjoying it. Look, I think also what benefits you is your Switzerland personality. Um, that, <laughs> Absolutely. That, like the that, chocolate. <laughs> yeah, everyone everyone loves you. So <laughs> In, including me, right? <laughs> well, we don't talk about how you love yourself. <laughs> This is a this is a a, a kids friendly podcast. A family show. It's a family show. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of shows, are you not going to ignite, are you? Um, unfortunately not this year, but uh, yeah, next year I, I more than likely will. I think the focus for me uh, at the moment has been on building the region in South Africa, um, and uh, from next year, with a data center coming here, there's going to be a big push into uh, Africa, uh, and then I will definitely be there, uh, both at it. Uh, you know, the WPC or Inspire as well as Ignite. So, yeah, missing out this year, but I've got reporters on the ground there keeping me informed of exactly what's going on and what's being released. So it should be quite exciting. Oh, you have reporters. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No names mentioned, right? No no, no names mentioned. But that's great that you support Two Guys in SharePoint. We will be coming to you with a live studio audience all the way from Microsoft Ignite on Tuesday the 20-something, 27th, I think. 27th, 26th. Um, in South African time, that's six hours behind us. So it will probably be 9, 9 p.m. Um, for our South African listeners. And you'll be able to grab us on YouTube and Periscope with more information to follow. We've got with you an audience. This, with an audience. Live studio audience. I feel a bit like Jimmy Fallon. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And Trevor Noah. You're not as funny as Trevor Noah, though. No, I'm, but I'm more like Jimmy Fallon than Trevor Noah. <laughs> For sure. So anyhow, a couple of things I wanted to discuss with you, and I think it's yes. pertinent to the audience. Uh, we were at Inspire this year. We didn't talk too much about that. But what are you seeing in the in the space? These three, four things that Microsoft released at Inspire. One, the new partner ecosystem. So there's a better drive into the ISVs. Those are the guys that you deal with on a daily basis. Those are your customers. And then two, also the roll-up of all technologies into Microsoft 365. So Starting with the the new partner ecosystem, which was released, I think it was Jan last year, or Jan this year, and we started seeing that come through, but the big announcement was really around how Microsoft is treating the ISVs, new relaunch, new invigorating program that they're coming up with. Have, Have you seen that come through to the partners that you deal with? I have, and I think it's a it's a very positive thing from Microsoft's side. And if you think about it, there, there's been a big transition from Microsoft um, as well, uh, in the sense that the traditional way of partner engagement has changed dramatically. Um, it's all about business value now. It's not about a license sale. You know, if you if you think about it, in yesteryear, uh, uh, you know, there's still enterprise agreements, but it was big licensing agreements. Um, and a lot of the time we saw technologies not necessarily being deployed within the workplace. 
Now with the technology being so readily available and being provided and supported by Microsoft on the back end, I think the role of the partner uh, has changed astronomically. And I think Microsoft is finally, not just Microsoft, but Microsoft and the partner finally sort of caught up where the two are, are better aligned uh, and taking advantage of that technology uh, and, and pushing it to, to the customer base. There's been a big shift on the tech side. Uh, you know, we've seen it. We saw, I think we said every year that we're seeing that technology shift uh, becoming faster and faster. Uh, but that access to technology now has just become completely seamless to the end user. So the value add out of the partner has definitely changed. Yeah, my, my favorite uh, buzzword for the last two months has been ubiquitous. <laughs> technology has become ubiquitous and, and we're seeing that in our space and I'd like to touch on, on that in a bit. So as an as a well, what do I call you? You're not a SI, you're not an ISV, you're a product vendor. Is that the right term? I always struggle with what to, to term you as. Uh, we're actually an ISV. The term's okay. 100% correct. Or ISV. But you deal with SIs. Correct. Okay. So, so at that point, we've got a partner channel. Um, I mean, historically, we, we did a, a lot direct, and I guess worldwide, Avpoint does still uh, sell direct to business. Um, but with what we in South Africa is more of a, a satellite type office, and Africa on the continent as a whole. So there's a lot of reliance on the partner to be bringing in the professional services, handling the deployment and the consumption of the technology platforms. All right. The partner relationship, it's great to see that you're giving back to you and you're not going direct like Dell, although you can still purchase Dell through uh, various computer wholesale organizations. But yeah, it's a, it is a strange model. Um, are you seeing your partners embracing the, the, the new change? Or are they changing with you or are you changing as, a, as an ISV or a company to align? How, how do you align yourself with, with Microsoft releases? Because... In two weeks from now, Microsoft might turn up and say, we're not doing this anymore. And then you've built technology to support a technology from Microsoft that's no longer going to be around. And how do you adapt? But surely that, that makes it difficult. You've got to be um, almost agile in your approach. Um, there's no waterfall approach here where you can, you know, you've got to go, well, okay, in three months from now, this product needs to sort of morph into what Microsoft technology is saying we should be absolutely and and you know what one thing i i've what really got me to the organization um, of where I am, uh, out of 1,500 employees, there's over 800 in R&D. Um, so, you know, there's a massive, massive development team, and the guys are very quick on their feet. But the structure within the organization, um, you know, we've got a vast set of products. And, you know, to be brutally honest, as much as I sold the product set working in the partner ecosystem for many years now, uh, I d wasn't actually aware how big the product stack was and, uh, until I joined AvePoint. Um, and there's multiple product teams, and they all work on different uh, cycles for product releases, and there's new stuff coming out quarterly. Uh, at the same time, we've got guys who have a very close ear on the ground with Microsoft, your, you know, to the likes of Ducks, uh, Raymond Sai, <laughs> you know, who's your fellow reporter alongside you uh, at Ignite this yeah, year. Yeah, we can't, we can't get rid of him. <laughs> he might he might take you on his car is uh, what did he call it the ducks the carpool karaoke uh, the carpool thing. <laughs> strangely enough he hijacked our idea so myself and daryl um, we wanted a golf cart at ignite and then we were going to usher people from one hall to the other hall 
And then next thing we know, he's hijacked the idea. So um, <laughs> no, we're not doing. We we still we still friends, but we don't like him as much as we did before before that. Yep. So so yeah. So I mean, it's really about keeping your ear on the ground, I guess, and and understanding. Uh, it's an ISV you're aware of of early releases, although that you know can assist you up to a point because that does change from a from a Microsoft perspective uh, fairly often when the actual release comes out. Um, but it's just quick turnaround and, and multiple product teams that we we seeing with the, the software that's coming out. That's it. You just end. That's a very abrupt ending to that sentence for it. Well, I, you, you're the one with all the words. I was expecting you to pop up. No, no, I don't feed. I read and you feed. This is, <laughs> we've always had that relationship. <laughs> I've become very reserved, man. Very you reserved. You have. You have. I think it's all that bowling. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's 10-pin bowling, not bowls. You're not that old yet. Absolutely. I'm not that far away, though. <laughs> oh, just because so, you don't have it doesn't make you old, Warren. You need to get past that, <laughs> It makes yeah. you aerodynamic. Yeah. Oh, you can swim against Michael Phelps. <laughs> Coming back to where we were, we did we uh, yes. progressing. So feeding on from how you change as a business, how ISVs and SIs or ISV integrated systems vendors, uh, solution vendors. I can never get that right. Yes, uh, independent software vendor. Okay, okay, and then SI system integrator. Correct. All right, yeah, all these terms. Coming back to that, after Microsoft did their little uh, uh, two-shoe shuffle, I think that's the term, they moved on to saying, well, new partner network, this is how we embrace everyone. We are now restructuring our business and we've launched this thing called Microsoft 365. How are you guys seeing that come through to the partners as well? So uh, brutally, honestly, we're not seeing a lot of it locally yet. Uh, you know, um, I mean, that's and we were having a small chat before the call, and just to say that I'm aware of it, I'm, I'm aware of uh, the skew, but there's not that much hype locally about it, <laughs> to be honest with you. For us, it's a, a lot of it's still business as usual. Um, <laughs> it's ensuring that we can cater both for on-premise as well as. Office 365 or Microsoft 365 um, in hybrid environments. Uh, I think hybrid, uh, you know, I read a, a post a good number of months ago now, and I'm sure I've mentioned it on your show before, um, that hybrid's not necessarily a, a journey. Hybrid's an end state. Um, so what, what I really love I like about that. what... I like that. Can I, can I grab that phrase? Hybrid is not a journey. It's an end state. Quote, unquote. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's, it's important if you think of data and the, your management of information that the technology that you're using aligns with that. So it can scale both uh, or in three scenarios, really, on-prem, hybrid, or cloud only. Um, and the way that we've managed that is on separate streams. So um, we've got a set of software that will manage on-prem and hybrid and a completely separate Azure-based set of software that manages cloud uh, for 365-only customers. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, the, I mean, I think the uptake on it has been really, really good. So as you said, Microsoft 365, for those who don't know what Microsoft 365 is, it is a roll-up skew or a, a plan, like you have an Office 365, that, Office 365 plan that now includes your operating system, Windows 10. It includes Office 365, and it's also got enterprise mobility, and there's the security component to that, because there used to be inter EMS, enterprise mobility solutions. Now they've added the security part that they've built into Azure around conditional access, 
multi-factor authentication and uh, risk profiling and all, all those beautiful things that come with uh, Azure AD and obviously Azure Information Protection as well. So you say you're not seeing that. It's, it doesn't come as a surprise to me. Microsoft, always, I know. Hey? Yeah, and I was just going to say, we always, uh, uh, I think the window of how far behind we are out in the regions is getting smaller, but there is still a window there, right? So it will take a little while for, for the new new technology or new stacks to be adopted. Look, Inspire was, what I think it was July, hey? the yep. first two weeks in July. Microsoft's year-end obviously has impacted that and I was saying to someone, I think I spoke to you yesterday about it, huge reshuffle, a lot of people leaving, a lot of people moving around in the different um, uh, product groups. I've seen people move from Office 365 to Project. I've seen people move from Microsoft to SAP. So there was, there's been a, they've always said there's going to be a big reshuffle. I think that's also impacted what Microsoft does when it comes to, oh, we've announced Microsoft 365. Um, we have to actually wait till after Ignite to really start sort of, I would say the Q2 of H1 um, for them and actually start driving the message harder. Because Inspire, we talk to you about what's coming, what's happening, and then at Ignite, we do the official launches of the technologies from a techie's perspective. Yes. All right. So, yes, I agree with you there. We, we haven't seen seen much come from, from Microsoft in Big announcements. Um, we played with it over the last three to four weeks on the show. We normally we've got a lot to speak about. Not that we don't speak a lot on the show, but normally there's a lot of announcements. And I think last week there was only three, four smallish announcements around what Microsoft is doing. And one of them was a retirement of a, the preview for Gig Jam, which that's gone now. But we did not have, and it's always the same thing. Lead up to to Ignite. Um, Ignite's got a thousand and something speakers with 1,400 sessions um, covering. It's massive. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I, I, I really don't understand how people keep to it. And as a community reporter, one of the questions was, how do you stay up to date with technology? And the, the show keeps me up to date because I have to stay up to date. Um, otherwise, I'd just I'd have a failure to filter and, and not be able to focus on anything. So coming back to what we were talking about, from Avport's perspective, um, Everyone's been talking about migration. Uh, as far as going back to SharePoint 2001, to 2003, to 2007, and, and all of those things, and specifically around on-premise. And the reason why Avpoint exists as an organization initially was to build the tool to take you from 2003 to 2007. Your right. business has morphed and changed. It's no longer around migration. It's more around management because we're seeing that come to the fore because people are stabilizing. The third part, and we're talking a lot in threes here, would be to move people to Office 365. And that's also changed now because Microsoft put a new spin on collaboration. We no longer talk about enterprise content management because Gartner has termed or deemed uh, the slow death of ECM. And we're seeing that come through with Teams. And for our Ignite show, we're actually talking specifically around Teams and we're engaging with uh, a fellow ISV in the space, um, you're not going to like this. Uh, we've got the CEO of Metalogix on our show, and we're also going to be talking similar conversations to uh, speaking to you, Warren, around <laughs> where you're seeing um, the ISV space go, specifically around your technology. You've got Rev IM, which has been rebranded now. 
And where are you seeing that? Are you seeing, we talk about migrations, and you just said that hybrid is not a journey, it's an end state. So, yes, we're not moving everything to the cloud, we're moving some to the cloud. And all of those things are coming through. So where are you seeing that in South Africa currently moving people between systems and environments? Um, so it's it's hugely popular here at the moment. Um, and I, I think it's going to become more popular as everybody's aware, you know, Microsoft launching their, their data center in South Africa, uh, which I think is super, super exciting for the continent as a whole, not just South Africa. I think the data sovereignty issues that were around and, and questioned in yesteryear, reliance on international bandwidth, uh, I think starts becoming uh, less of a, pre a pressing issue, but it's hugely popular. The, the reality is with cloud, today is it's not a matter of if or even a matter of when it starts becoming a matter of how um, and although migrations are complex things we, we're still seeing a lot of migrations there, there's a lot of migration tools that are out there apart from Fpoint, right? Uh, uh, all come at different price tags, all come with different pieces of functionality. Uh, for me, it's more about your end state. Uh, you know, where where's your data going to reside and how are you going to manage that information post-migration? The, the heavy lifting um, has been around and the heavy lifting capability has been around for many, many, many years now. So once your data is there, how do you manage it? How do you secure it? How do you report on it? How do you create awareness from a report, um, from a, a business intelligence perspective um, on what users are doing with that information? And how do you make your end users' lives easier? Or how do you enable more productivity in the way that they work day to day? And one of, one of the biggest things that we see now is, is users are overwhelmed uh, in organizations because there's just such a plethora of technologies that are available. Um, you know, when I chat to customers, you ask a simple thing like sending an end user sending a message. What do they use? Do they use SMS, WhatsApp, uh, email, Yammer group, Teams, groups? You know, it's just it's overpowering. So I think where the shift is, is coming now, which is very similar to a Teams, a Microsoft Teams type focus, is allowing users to interface with the technology behind the scenes without them actually even being aware that they're interfacing with that technology. So allow them to do their day-to-day -day work, but leveraging off the technology to meet their business need as transparently as possible. I think Apple did that really well. I'm, I'm a newly a minted well, Apple user. Welcome. <laughs> and, and everything just works. I mean, if it's one thing that I can say about the Apple ecosystem is everything pretty much just works. Um, there's, there's no issues. I mean, you download an app and it, everything works. And I think Microsoft is taking um, a chapter out of Apple's book and saying, let's let's have a look at how, how we can achieve this with what we are doing. And Because rightfully said, we used to have the, the wagon wheel um, back in 2010. Right. Now we've got a periodic table. Yeah, that's right. That's crazy. And and it is. And we're seeing shifts in focus around where people are going with the technology that they're using. And I'm sure that it's impacting the conversations you're having with customers. 
Definitely. And, and you know, you go, you go back to what we were saying earlier about the, the, the change in the partners um, on what's expected out of those partners. Uh, it used to be in yesteryear very rigid from a technology perspective. You needed mail, you used exchange, you needed exchange, you needed collaboration, you needed a SharePoint or some form of portal. Um, <clears throat> where now it's not as rigid anymore. You know, there, there's lots of technology options to meet a business need. The partner's role is to weigh up what makes the most sense to the customer. And that's not, not just a financial decision. Um, it's a capability decision uh, tied into financial, tied into project timelines from an implementation, tied into user adoption on, on uh, you know, how long it would take users to understand the technology and be leveraging off of it. That, that is the role of the partner. Um, end users and organizations often don't know what they don't know. You know, what we see happening a lot is a, a CEO or a CFO or a C-level of some kind that attends a Microsoft um, presentation or a conference and they hear about the, the new flavor of the day of a new piece of technology that's been released and they want it implemented. And it's they don't understand all the complexities around it. Where, where the partner's role is to assist with that mapping and that mapping might not be one technology anymore. That technology, uh, that mapping might be a realm of technologies to meet that business need. But talking about that realm of technologies, in the old days, we'd have a little bit of Oracle, a little bit of this platform, a little bit of Documentum, a little bit of that. What Microsoft's done is they said, well, here's all of our technologies. And it's rolled up into a flavor. So no longer are we seeing companies running Documentum or running EMC or, or running um, Captaurus or, or running a knowledge lag or running um, an, an ascent capture type environment, Kofax tooling. What we're seeing now is they're going and saying, well, we have Office 365. Yes. It's about, I, I think it's, it's about having the ability to get true return of investment um, out of the technology that, that you're using. And I think Microsoft um, has done that really well. And, and to be fair, that, that is such as doing uh, from an integration perspective, yes. right? If you think Steve Barmer's days, it was we are Microsoft and we will be better than every and bigger than everybody else. Yeah, developers, We're, developers, developers, developers. <laughs> Absolutely. Where, where such as said, well, we, we're a technology stack. You know, you can leverage off our technology or we can integrate with yours or you can integrate with us. Right. But let's uh, boost productivity. I think that that's what it's all about. And the, the, the technology stack is or that realm of technologies from Microsoft is so vast that you could actually do everything with Microsoft. But what, where, where I believe they, they burnt themselves a couple of years ago, and you know, for, the, for the guys listening that were in the partner ecosystem, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It comes down to consumption. And that's what I mean with the return of investment, where great licensing sales guys, they, they sold everything. But when it came to renewal, guys were, were doing an audit on what they were actually using within the environment. And out of the 12 technologies uh, or 12 workloads, they were maybe using four or five and not, not renewing the rest to them. Um, and that, that's what I love about what Microsoft is doing now is that that productivity or the productivity interfaces, and, and there's lots of different ones, to the likes of Teams as an example, you are leveraging off several workloads behind Teams without even knowing that you're doing it, right? And, and that's getting ROI. The, 
excuse me, what, what, what's happened over time is the role of those technologies behind the scenes change. And SharePoint's a prime example of that. You know, you talk about Gartner, you know, renaming the, the space that SharePoint plays in. SharePoint used to be a very rigid platform. It used to be very much about the structure of your data, having metadata, you know, and uh, taxonomies and so, and so on. Where now it's about getting your data into that portal and there's interfaces that allow you to discover. And that is a forever changing ecosystem. And I believe it's still, you know, not believe, we know in the next couple of years, there will be the next thing in the way that it uses the, you know, CRM behind the scenes or, or yeah. um, you know, Power BI behind the scenes is is going to change, but you've got to you've got to sweat sweat your asset right from a business perspective. There's massive investment that goes into owning these technologies. What I believe Microsoft has done right is the way they bundle the workloads together from a licensing perspective makes a lot of sense. So you're getting a lot of value, a lot of bang for your buck. But you want to ensure that you're leveraging off all of those workloads, otherwise that bang becomes a whole lot less. I think they're finally getting it right. Because think about it. If you spin up Office 365, right? I went to um, an E3. In the old days, if you had to take all the all the products that you get with an E3 and deploy it on-premise, it would take you two years to get it right. If you're lucky, because you, you wouldn't have half the skills, uh, you know, let alone the infrastructure yeah, to, yeah. to run these things. And, and you, you come from a back, well, an interesting background, um, before you moved into SharePoint, you were in the exchange space, right? Correct. All right, with, with uh, binary tree type products. That's right. We did uh, Lotus Notes to exchange migrations, yeah. coexistence between the two yeah. platforms and so on. So it must be interesting for you to look at where the world is right now just on the exchange side. People, and we've spoken about this before, and I've also, you can use my phrase that Microsoft is the Jacques Callis of IT. Um, <laughs> Does a little bit of everything, right? <laughs> correct, correct. You know, um, and and that is so true. And you could probably shed some better light than I could on the role of Exchange now moving, because nobody cares about what an SMTP survey is anymore. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, and it's 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 quite interesting because that trigger to get people to the cloud um, and to use Office 365 is is generally led with Exchange, and the reasoning for that is because of trickle feeds. You know, when they brought out oh, what was RPC over HTTPS and then became Outlook Anywhere, and you know, I think it's even changed wow. again if I'm not mistaken. That, that is that is well, modern authentication. Yeah, um, works there a you go. Bit but props for dropping those terms like it was like, like it's the muscle memory. It virtually is. I remember I was a, I still remember the days when you could start caching Outlook like it was the biggest thing that had happened since sliced yeah. bread. You know that yeah. you could actually access your email while offline. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I, I think active sync is still a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's definitely evolved, and, and that generally is that that um, that stepping stone that that gets guys there. I think it's also the easiest cost to justify. You know, if you you know when guys are looking, or organisations are looking at going cloud, um, they're comparing apples with apples. And when we talk about those C levels at those Microsoft conferences, hearing the buzzwords, the reason why those guys are now at those Microsoft conferences is because it's generally a financial type discussion. It's got to make financial sense for an organization to take that leap. And I think exchange is the easiest thing to justify. You know, it's, it's, it's quite an easy formula to see the cost saving. 
What what really excites me though is that is that realm of additional technologies, and and that's you know if if you think back and even to my um, SI days, to integrate pieces or integrate platforms together was an enormous expensive exercise that went on almost forever. You know, you're talking multi-year projects, um, you know, depending on the complexity of it, to integrate platforms together to allow them to talk to one another. Where if you look at today, integration is, you know, I mean, you still get scenarios where these things are, are can be quite complex. Um, but in general, um, integration becomes much, much easier. And again, I go back to to such as doing, um, to allowing that capability to be there. So uh, it's, for me, that, that, that is probably the most exciting evolution that I've seen, um, you know, leveraging of multiple platforms to deliver on that business need. And the business is playing a much more pertinent role in those technology discussions where in yesteryear, there was a, an IT department a sort of standalone to a certain degree making those decisions on behalf of business. Yes and no. Um, it's always been difficult. No longer are you are you spending millions and millions. I mean, we've dealt with all. I've worked at an organisation that that spent two hundred and thirty four million on a data center refresh. Wow! Do you know <laughs> two hundred and thirty four million on ten? Well, obviously, and, and some virtualization. Um, they they might need a new consultant in there to give them some guidance. <laughs> but no longer are we going to see that, and it's the same exactly the same thing that, that you were saying around. We don't have these a plethora of technology sitting in the back end, and people have to connect them to each other. And you need this twelve consultants permanently working for you, and you've got a dev team of fifty people um, building stuff. Um, and 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 that's changed quite considerably now with 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 Microsoft. But Warren, I've got to run. I've got another call. Um, thanks a lot for coming on the show, and I'm sure we'll touch base with you soon. Uh, we, we don't forget to mention SharePoint Saturday. We will talk about SharePoint Saturday um, in our call next week. We, we were going to talk about the Red Bus, but we're out of time. We're already at 30 minutes, and we're trying to keep the show at 45 minutes, so myself and Rod still need to talk about stuff. And if we need to get your commentary on things, I know you hate being cut off like this. Um, we will definitely I can't let my up. chair g uh, gather dust. It's just, it's, uh, it's just not kosher. But we'll definitely dial you in um, <laughs> next week to, to have you comment about the Red Bus and what we're doing around the Red Bus. 100%. Thanks for having me on the show. It's been Thanks fun a as lot. Always, Thanks a lot. I'll speak to you soon. Okay, cheers. mate. Cool. As always, great having you on the show, Waza. Yeah, um, he's very sad that he doesn't come on to, um, as often as he'd like, so we might have to fix that problem. Always happy to. So, straight into, yeah, this this meaning of 42 thing, you've changed the show notes, and it doesn't say, in the news, it just says news. Um, no, man, you can't do that. All right, well. So, instead of being in the news, it's just news. Yeah, very sad. Anyway, in the news. What have you got up for us, Mr. Bodley? Cool. So we're going to run through these pretty quickly, I think, because we don't want the episode being too long. I've got a couple pieces here. First up, Microsoft don't, has... Don't make that excuse, Mr. Bodley. You've got things to do. Your I lady's do. just come back from wherever she went to. She was gone, obviously, for uh, more than a couple of days. And now you feel compelled to go do stuff with her. So don't come with this, I want to keep it under 45 minutes bullshit. No, no, no. 
the, these reasons are not mutually exclusive. Oh, I, look at that. You can I've got yell. all that to do. And, <laughs> and, and I want to yeah. keep it under 40 minutes. So, uh, without yes. you derailing me any further. Okay, um, real, yeah. <laughs> Microsoft um, have started a preview for an insider lab for enterprise features. For Windows 10. For Windows 10, yes. So this is a lab environment you can log into and it's got a whole bunch of up and coming new enterprise features that you can try out and play with. Some of those features are stuff like uh, Windows Information Protection, Windows Defender Application Guard, Host Intrusion Prevention Systems, that sort of like heavy enterprise level stuff. I've never heard of those things. Yes, they're new. Okay. All right. So they are new. They're not just a lab for enterprise features that aren't new. That's a lab for enterprise features with new features. Yes, it is. It is a, it's an insider program, right? So this is, this is the stuff coming down the pipe. So you're working as an insider for Microsoft, the same as you would for the office insider program or, or whatever the case is. Do you know that there are Windows insider specific MVPs? That it's like a separate program to the normal. Even the award that you get is separate. It's different. You get a different thing. I saw two days ago, uh, one of the authors of Regarding 365, um, she got one. That's pretty cool. Yeah, And there's uh, speaking on Teams, there's a, a Teams MVP um, category now as well. Cool. It, it's nice to know they're, they're sort of pushing that. So yeah, if you do want to get into this Insider Lab for Enterprise Features, there so is a survey. So if I speak again, am I breaking into what you're saying? You really are, hey? <laughs> like, you're just trying to, like, now you're trying to eke it out. I said I want to keep it short. So it's like, no, no, let's let's push. Let's see how much I can just go on tangents. Okay, I'll keep Speaking quiet. of teams, when nobody's speaking of teams. <laughs> I'll, keep yeah, I'll keep quiet. False segues. Like I was saying, some actually useful information. If you do want to get in on this Insider Lab... For enterprise features, there's a survey you have to go fill out, apparently, and then you get an invite in. You can go on to allaboutmicrosoft.com. Mary Jo Foley has a really great article on, on exactly what this is, and she's got a link to the survey in that. Yes, there's some niceties. I'd love to actually have a look at this, uh, specifically around information protection, because if it's not Azure, this is not Azure IP, this is WIP, whoop. Anyhow, moving along, let's get through the show. You obviously have things to do, people to see, places to go. Yes, next up, uh, Office 365 is in preview in the store. So if you're running Windows 10 S you, and, you're in this, in, and you get um, an invite to the preview, because it is a small number of people at the moment they're testing it with, um, you can get the, all the Office apps through the store. They've used the Centennial Bridge to bridge them across, and apparently it's mostly feature complete. It's not exactly the same. If you're running Windows 10 S, you can't use the you can't use some of the plugins, and the it's only the 32-bit version, and the OneNote version is the UWP version, not the normal Win32 app. That's the thing they said they were going to do, and it's in preview now, so that's pretty cool. So normally for our listeners, I would usually at this time ask Modlin a bunch of questions about that, um, but in the interest of time, I won't do that. You're so full of nonsense. <laughs> next, Good next, next. Grief. We're burning daylight. Next, yeah? next, next. Next up, something you might be interested in. Microsoft and Amazon have announced a partnership. So Alexa and Cortana are going to get over their differences and start talking to each other. And on that note, just to um, 
shamelessly punt our show. If you are a tune-in or if you own any of the Amazon devices, be it uh, Echo, or Echo Dart, a, a Tap, um, Echo Show, automatically, in, I can't say her name because she's listening right now. But if you go into her settings, a tune-in is one of the stations, or one of the skills that automatically ship with her. This is the Amazon yes, one. Yes, you can actually say, and I'll do this right now on the show, Alexa, play Two Guys and SharePoint from TuneIn. Getting the latest episode of Two Guys and SharePoint. Here it is from TuneIn. Yes? That is pretty cool. Alexa, stop. <laughs> that's I, so I, awesome. I won't lie, that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's yeah. so awesome. Okay, yes. I'm Alexa Cortana. Um, Microsoft announced another another activity thing on the week outside of the Cortana stuff that they're going to do with Amazon. Look, I think it's great from a compounded reach perspective to go and actually, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. So you'd be able to instruct her to tell Cortana to do something. And Cortana is integrated into your desktop and everything in your desktop is accessible via Cortana. So seeing as, and also Amazon is on the most devices in the world when it comes to um, the digital assistant, on the most devices. You'd think that it's Siri or it's Amazon, funnily enough. Um, that stats have come out. So it's, I think it's great because I'd love to instruct my PC to do stuff um, through her while she sits on a, on a pedestal over there. Anyhow, moving along, uh, what, what else have you got for us, Mr. Modlin, or is that your bits? That, that's all my bits. What did what do you have for us, Al? And for the listeners uh, at home, let's see how... Since Al's been rushing me, let's see how quickly he it's can get through It's only 10 his. minutes into the show, man. No, it's not, though. It's like 40 minutes into the show because we've got a whole interview okay. before. All right, co-authoring in Excel. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about that, but it is what it is. You can now co-author in Excel, which is great. Is that only... Hold on. Is, is that only in 0365? Or for any files stored like SharePoint OneDrive? Yeah, so as long as the Excel document is in SharePoint or OneDrive, you don't have to edit in browser. You can now edit in the desktop application and you'll be able to see person editing. Remember that it was only available in Word and only available yeah. online. Um, like you can see, I can see that you are also here in OneNote online. Same yes. functionality. Next up, autosave for Word, Excel and PowerPoint for Office 365 subscribers. So if you have content that's sitting in OneDrive or SharePoint, it will now auto-save when you're working with it, which is a, which is a saving grace. Um, I, I like the idea of that. It's good that they finally brought that. And I, there was an article about how to enable auto-save in the cloud. If you're using, if you're using Word, Excel, or PowerPoint online, um, there's some trick that you need to do to get it enabled. I can't remember. Moving on. Next up on my list. I think we spoke about... Microsoft in Education, one of the shows. I actually did a... Yeah, we've, we've chatted about it a couple of times. Now they've extended the OneNote class notebook to Teams. So that same class notebook okay. experience where the teacher can have all their content loaded into OneNote and they can have their assignments in there and peer review and one-on-one -on -one sessions with the students and the teachers can see it and all of that is now available in Teams. So Microsoft is slowly getting to that point where Teams will be everything. That's really sweet. 
Like I really, I really do like that. I think Teams works really well as sort of an entry point into a collaboration space. It does take a little bit of setup when you're making the team um, to get all the right tabs and whatever, but it's it's really slick. I've been enjoying the hell out. Look, of it. I, I don't know where Microsoft would be if it wasn't for Slack, because Slack yeah. was the one that introduced the interface and um, chat-based communication became all the rage, and that's pretty much what Teams is. But I think the the unsung hero, yeah, is groups, mate. Yes, it's the backbone that's sort of like, it's it's the authentication layer, which is always super important. Yes. Uh, well, also not that, and only that. When you spin up a team, it creates everything for you in the background. Yes. Um, without you even having to think yep. about that stuff. So, so that's very yeah. neat. I'm actually coming up to our next point. Uh, I don't know what this means because I don't use Outlook for Windows, but apparently, oh, I do know what this means. So, you know, you've got profiles in Outlook. You can mouse over yes. a person and then you get that person's profile. Like who they belong to, like groups and all of those things. The rich um, card, you know, the profile card that Microsoft launched now recently. Yeah. Um, well, at the SharePoint uh, Virtual Summit, they announced it. Richer and all of that. So that's been extended now to Outlook for Windows. So those who do not have Office and are using Outlook instead of, well, Outlook for Windows instead of Outlook, you now have that same rich profiles experience available to you. That's really and sweet. And while we're speaking, um, on the next topic, I've actually just downloaded the latest redesigned Yammer app for iPad. So it's got an... Ex- Look, the problem I have with Yammer mobile apps is that in the browser, you can actually go and find files. So if you're looking for a file that's been uploaded in the mobile app, you won't see it. Unless, I, unless I'm blind, I'm not the only person there. I'm right now on my iPad. I'm, I'm going to log into Yammer on my iPad and have a look-see. As, is that like... Thrilling Radio, L. I'm, I'm just saying, like, um, it, it's almost as good yeah, as playing so charades. Universal search, auto-sign-in, and an updated design, and it's available in the App Store right now. All right, so... Cool. So that that's, yeah, that that's really nice. Universal search, automatic sign-in. It, it's nice to know they're still updating like the last, Yammer. The they're just not, they're not just dropping it entirely. using Yammer extensively with, with multiple um, groups of people all over the show. And it works well for that specific function. still sucks at handling documents, though. Any files. Sucks. Sucks balls. Yeah. I mean, that that's... that's Yeah, but that's not what it's for. So that's sort of... Fun. You remember Andrew Connell. He was on our show. I think he's got the most listens out of every person that's been on our show. I would not be surprised. Uh, he's gone back into his own business. If I can pronounce the name correctly. Uh, I can't pronounce the name. Vovo something with a V. Volantis, I think. Anyhow, so he's just put together his new Mastering the SharePoint Framework um, online training. His latest course is from uh, Voitanos. So late last year, you were talking about uh, putting together a... Voitanos. What is it? Voitanos. V-O-I-T-A-N-O-S. He started publishing his um, on-demand developer video training. So there's a couple of bundles. There's the starter, which is free. There's a fundamentals and an ultimate bundle. And if you go across to voitanos.io, so it's www.voitanos.io, because IO is the sexy domain currently, and you'll be able to have a look. 
and check his course on Mastering the Shepherd Framework. He is, of course, the people's developer. We gave him that name. And if you want to learn about the Shepherd Framework, that's the only place you need to go. There's no other place. Forget about going anywhere else, only his stuff. Uh, it's pre-release things coming, so you'll be able to sign up. As it, well, you can. I think there's a pre-release available, but otherwise you're looking at September 19th for all the courses to be available. So go check that out. All right, next up, uh, I want to talk about a couple of events that's on the go, that's coming. We've got obviously Ignite from the 23rd to the, well, 23rd to 29th, 24th to 29th. I'm there from the 23rd to the 30th. That's happening. I am sure. Of uh, are you sure? Are you sure that of those dates? On the twenty fifth. Yeah, mixed up at all. So it's actually from the twenty fifth to the 29th, but I'm there from the twenty third to the thirtieth. All right. So it's, so it's Microsoft's largest technology conference, twenty thousand people. Um, do stay tuned because two guys in SharePoint will be coming to you with a live studio audience from um, Ignite. Very excited. Yeah. So excited for that. Yeah. It's going to be epic. And we're going to be talking to the CEO of Metalogics, as well as the CMO of Content Panda about Teams and where ECM is going in the Microsoft space because Microsoft doesn't talk about ECM anymore. They talk about Teams and OneDrive. So we want to unpack and, and do a post-mortem on where Microsoft is. Also on the back end of Gartner saying ECM is dead, long-live content services. And that conversation's obviously come to the fore. Next up, locally, when we get back, we are three weeks, four weeks away, well, 28 days, no, 31, 32 days away from SharePoint Saturday month in South Africa. Yeah, SharePoint Saturday. Yeah, so everyone stay tuned. You should be getting an invite on Friday to the events. And if you've been there before, you'll be able to grab that invite. So Friday morning, check your mailboxes, check your spam, check your clutter, check your junk mail. You will receive an Eventbrite invite, well, a MailChimp invite. Next up on the list, we've got the SharePoint Road Trip. Our inaugural one was last year. We'll be driving from Cape Town to Durban. This year, we're driving from Johannesburg to Cape Town, and we're going through Bloemfontein, Port Elizabeth, and East London. So for any of the listeners that we have that are in those regions, we bring you SharePoint Saturday. We come to you. And we will be in Bloemfontein on the Monday, East London on the Tuesday, and Port Elizabeth on the Wednesday. And I'd just like to say a personal thanks to Avpoint, um, for sponsoring this year as well. Um, when we started it last year, it was the first one of its kind in the world, and they've gotten on board and they've been pushing a lot of that. Awesome. So for those who are going to Ignite, I don't know how many of our listeners locally are going to Ignite because it's super duper expensive to attend as an attendee. There's a couple of parties that we want to talk about. There's the Metalogics Metafest. It's on Wednesday. Um, just go over to metalogics.com and you'll be able to grab it there. Um, I'm a Metalogics judge for their Meta Heroes campaign. Looking forward to that. And obviously, it's their yearly celebration. I think they're a platinum sponsor or something. Then on the Thursday, true to form, Avpoint is having their red party. It's arguably the largest party of any kind at any Microsoft event all the time. And Avpoint launched a philanthropy division headed up by Dax. And this year, they're doing... Uh, it's actually quite funny because the party starts at 10 and it goes to, I think it's 10 to 1, yes, 10 p.m., 1 a.m. on the Thursday night. At 11, a handful of people were selected to do a catwalk show dressed up as their favorite Disney character. That's quite cool. I am going as Sleeping Beauty. Of course you are. <laughs> so myself, Daryl Webster, who will be, I think, it is it 
What's the character in Lilo and Stitch? Is it Lilo or Stitch? Stitch. Um, I, I, I believe both of them are in Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> yeah, but which one's the little munchkin that does crazy things? Not the kid. Uh, Stitch. Stitch, Stitch yeah. I think, yeah. Daryl's going as Stitch and Heather. Well, we're bringing, we're introducing Zoolander and Blue Steel to Disney characters at the F. Point Ref Point. That's cool. Yeah. And then last but not least, I've already done the Ignite uh, Punt for two guys in SharePoint, 3 p.m. at six hours ahead of... Zet Africa. So that would be 9 p.m. But you will be on the show anyway, Modlin. You'll be coming to... Yes. You'll be streaming live on a to a live studio audience on a massive screen, just your face, mate. Yeah, apparently, like, people have to look at my giant face. So I don't know if you want to go cut your hair or... You know, that's Hell it. no. My, my hair is not getting cut. All right, I think that's it. It's a wrap for In The News. Cool, lots of stuff happening. Excited for all the conferences. And yes, you guys must tune in for us on Tuesday the 26th, 9 o'clock. Yeah, we'll be coming to you live via YouTube via the Regarding Office 365, or as it is now known, Regarding 365. The site Regarding365.tv will be up over the weekend and you'll be able to check out all our sessions there. And also grab the reminder for YouTube. We'll be live streaming as well as Periscope for our Periscope lovers. Sweet. So then we're on to our features. Yes. Anything new, Al? Uh, this is, well, we have to introduce it properly, Modlin. New features Al didn't know about of the week. So, so when last have you actually looked at the admin centers? You know, you've got, a, you got, uh, you've got a whole bunch of admin centers at the bottom of the Office 365 portal. If you log into the admin portal. There's Exchange, Skype yeah. for Business, SharePoint, OneDrive, and all those things. They've added a new one, or I've just never looked at it before. That's why it's a new feature I didn't know about. Called Cloud App Security. Have you cloud seen it? Cloud App Security. I, I have not. What is Cloud App Security? So what Cloud App Security provides, um, there's three things. So it provides discovery, a data control, and threat protection. So you go and you tell it, go sniff, um, add an app or add some cloud apps. There's a couple of those where you can say, well, add Office 365 um, as an app. So it's a... It's a software as a service model. Yeah. You go in and you literally tell it, okay, give me, you add connected apps, right? So you say discover. Um, well, actually, you you first add the app and then it does a whole discovery. Or in this case, when you add Office 365, it will go and look at your app security for these various things. So discovery, it will identify all cloud applications in your network. It look at devices, it looks at risk scorings and ongoing risk assessments and analytics. A lot of that stuff is coming through like the conditional access profiles in um, Azure information, but well, in Azure through conditional access, because you can now say, well, if a person's sitting in a outside of the country and they're sitting at a coffee shop, their risk profile is much higher. So now we need two-factor authentication, not just multi-factor authentication. Ah, yes. That's clever. Yeah, so with this, I think this extends that model as well. And it extends to products that are not Microsoft-specific. Oh, yeah. like Dropbox. Okay. Like Box. Like, you can enforce that through. Yeah, like like G Suite, ServiceNow, Salesforce, AWS. There's a bunch of app connectors that will provide you greater visibility of your cloud apps. That is super it's cool. very powerful. So once you've discovered all these things and you've run through a bunch of, uh, well, what it does is it creates a discovery log and then you can start investigating 
um, all these things. So it's brand new. I don't know much about what it does. There is a data sheet. Uh, go grab that if you want to find out more about the cloud app security uh, button or tab under the admin center. So I'm very, very excited about that. Because to tell you the truth, configuring this stuff in Azure, yeah, you need a degree in Azure. Whereas with it being, well, it doesn't actually sit inside of Office 365 because nothing really sits inside of Office 365. Yeah, it's all Azure services, So they all right. just pop up, like forms or go to forms.microsoft.com and rah, 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 pie apps, flow, yeah. all of those security and compliance and all threat management and that. So the cloud app security is there, policy control, data control, DLP, data sharing control, and also uh, threat protection, which is all the analytics stuff coming through now around user behaviors. So you can start tracking user behavior and start looking at, okay, well, this guy goes to this coffee shop every day at a specific time and it might be indicative of a data breach. So preemptive analysis, which is quite cool. That is super cool. Yeah, that that's going to be important stuff. And I had no idea it was quite so clever. Look, Microsoft, I don't know what, look, Satya is responsible for everything that's coming out of there right now. This cloud app security, which is definitely a feature that Al did not know about, uh, it was not there two weeks ago. And uh, now it's there. But you just remember when I broke our tenant with MFA, um, yeah. I was playing, I, I did a webinar on, on Azure IP and um, uh, Enterprise, well, the EMS plus security. You know, it's now Enterprise Mobility Suite plus security. So locking down conditional access for devices and all those things. And I did not see this there. Because this gives you similar functionality to those things. Anyhow, that's my bit. Moving on, Modlin, to your uh, segment of the week, Go With The Flow. Yeah, so this week on Go With The Flow, um, like I had planned to last week, or I suppose still this week since we put it up on Monday, last time anyway, um, I'm going to run very briefly through the SharePoint actions you can use. So two weeks ago, Two episodes ago, we went through the triggers. Now, just very briefly, here are the actions you can take to do with SharePoint. So you can update an item, which updates a SharePoint uh, an item in a SharePoint list. You can update file properties. So as we spoke last, last time, we can now interact with all the metadata in document libraries. You can also use this through an on-premise gateway. So if you've got an on-premise gateway set up, you can use flow to effect the files on your internal farm. There's a create file that you can use to upload a file to SharePoint. So pull it out of Dropbox or email or whatever and upload it to SharePoint. You can create an item in a list. Um, you can get entity values for any SharePoint at, uh, entity, which is quite cool. Um, you can get file properties again. Um, you can get files, just the properties. So you can say, go get me all the properties for that document library and return all the metadata for that, which is quite cool. You can also call all the items from a SharePoint list. You can call files from a list folder. You can update a file. So you get the file identifier and you can actually go make updates inside that file. You can copy file, you can delete a file, you can delete an item. You can extract a folder. So you can extract an archive file into a SharePoint folder. So if you have a zip sitting somewhere, you can run a flow to take everything in that zip file and put it into a SharePoint folder, which is quite cool. Oh, that is very cool. You can get the contents of a file. 
So if you want to copy out of a Word document and put it into an Excel spreadsheet, I don't know why you do that. You could do that through Flow. You can get a file's contents using a file path rather than pointing to a library or whatever with an identifier. Um, you can get a file's metadata. You can get metadata using the path. You can get a specific item. You can get all the lists from a site. So if you're doing some logic to figure out which list you need to get with the flow, you can get all the lists and go through that. And you can return um, the files in the root folder of a SharePoint list or library. So that is a very, very quick rundown of the 21 actions that are available in SharePoint. Through the course of the series, we'll probably get into some specifics into a few of these. A lot of them are quite self-explanatory. I've never delved into Flow as much as I'd no, like No, no, you wouldn't. That's a completely where, separate product. Where? That's a bit rude, model. Well, it is. Delve, delve is its own thing. Oh, God. Semantics. <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> trust you. So where do people find information about everything that you've just um, spoken about? Um, there are a bunch of blogs online. What I did here is I literally opened up Flow. And I made a new flow from blank and I started actions and it will list. You can say what's, what thing you want to interact with and it'll give you a list of all the actions for it. And they do have little explanations oh, cool. in, like in a little page there. Yeah, they give a little pop-up. They've got a little information icon. You click that and it gives you a very high-level thing. Um, if you're looking for more in-depth stuff, go, go hunting the blogs. Um, that There's no sort of definitive location for how to do everything yet because it's super new so we're all making it up together yeah is that it is that a wrap mr modlin um we are at 33 minutes and counting that is a wrap hopefully we'll get this through editing under an hour so thank you all very much for listening to us this week if you want to find us on the internets you can find our website twoguysandsharepoint.co.za you can find us on twitter at twoguyssharepoint I'm also on Twitter at oddmodlin, and L is... At Alistair Pugin. We're also on your podcast app of choice. Um, you can search for two guys in SharePoint, one word, and you can ask Alexa for us, apparently. Fantastic, yes. Ciao. Ta-ciao. Ask her to uh, get tuned in to play us, two guys at SharePoint. It's all you have to do. All you have to do. I wonder if Siri does it because we're on iTunes. Well, we're on the podcast section. I should try that. Hold on. Siri, please play me two guys and SharePoint. So nice okay, to Siri. Here's what I found. Five results. She's found SharePoint Credit Union. Shepherd <laughs> shop. Um, she says, okay, here's what I find. Um, and T tell her to play it from iTunes. Siri, are, are you subscribed on iTunes? Play, please. There's nothing in your music library. Just silence. Okay, sorry, hold on. <laughs> Siri, please play me two guys and SharePoint from my podcast. You don't have any podcasts matching to guys and SharePoint. Uh, she picks you, it up as two guys. No, no. She picks it up as two guys in SharePoint, not two. The number two. So uh, I said, let's try that again. 
Siri, please play me two guys and SharePoint from my podcast. She still picks it up as two. She's a bit thicker than Alexa. She's very thick. I mean, geez, look at that. I said, hold on, let's see here. Siri, please play me two, the number two. Ah, oh, okay, now I give up, mate. I give up. 